Seamless Design Online. Magazine. Magazine. Podcast. Podcast. Blog. Blog. Hello and welcome to Seamless Design Online, the podcast, the show that explores all things ethical, eco and sustainable within the worlds of interior and style. I'm your host Tom and in this episode of Seamless Design Online, the podcast, we go behind the story of seagulls as I chat to the two brains behind the brand, Kat and Kate. Seagulls is a true grassroots social enterprise which is based in Leeds and it was brought to life in 2002 in order to raise awareness of paint recycling and reuse. Since the early days of Seagulls' conception, Kat and Kate have taken the third sector paint industry by storm and are now recognised as leaders within their field and have even won the 2017 Yorkshire and Humber Social Enterprise of the Year Award. So, without further left to do, let's go beyond the story of Seagulls. Here are Kat and Kate. Enjoy. Introduce us to seagulls. Who are seagulls? So we started in Kate's Kitchen nearly 20 years ago. Um, We wanted to create awareness of recycling and reuse across Leeds. We wanted and believed that one man's rubbish is another's gold. So there must be some way that we could make some money for our social business whilst reusing a material that would have otherwise gone to landfill or waste. Seagulls is two parts. You've got the recycling and the reuse element, environmental side, but you've also very much got a people side. So we're a social enterprise. Um, Basically, we offer volunteering, training, job opportunities for hard to reach groups of people. Um, at the same time getting work experience in reprocessing paint. Yeah, and, and it's also about, about learning to be part of a team. So we, you know, um, it, it's worth mentioning that every member of staff we have right now were, was initially a volunteer. So it's a really good way of showing people that, you know, volunteering can bring good opportunities. So in the beginning, um, we, we badgered Leeds City Council. So we have paint banks, which are large walking containers. Hard to miss, they're all pink. Um, where people can go and leave their leftover paint and then we collect weekly from all the council, Leeds City Council waste sites, of which there are eight at the moment. Um, uh, the paint is then brought back to base. It's, it's worth mentioning that back in the day when we first started, we used to put a tarpaulin in the back of Kat's car. and um, <laughs> <laughs> We wouldn't be allowed to do that now, but that, back in those days, you had to do what you had to do. So we, we, we bring in about, I think, was it 400 tonnes last year, Kat? Something like that, yeah of leftover and unwanted paint, we're able to reprocess and reuse between 50 and 60% of that. Um, so it comes back to base, it gets sorted into type, uh, your mats with your mats and your silks with your silks and your glosses with your glosses and all the many different kinds that there are. And they get blended and mixed together and um, put back in the original tin, obviously to save on waste, and, and it goes back on the shelf. Uh, what's become particularly popular with, with our brand, as you can imagine, we get an awful lot of peach, uh, beiges, colours that people don't really want, but obviously they buy them because they end up in our shop. So we've got a bespoke colour mixing service. So our team are absolutely brilliant at making colour and at blending colour and matching colour. We can match a pair of pants, a pair of curtains or a colour chart um, with a particular, everybody loves their fire and ball. So we've become very adept at mixing fire and ball because obviously, you know, you've got to have a full tin on the shelf and you've got to make sure there's colours that people want. And if we didn't have the skill of hand mixing and matching all of that then we wouldn't sell much paint. Um, so 
Have you got any sort of decorating tips if someone's wanting to, maybe for the first time, sort of redecorate a room? It's all in the preparation, tedious but essential. So my tips would be clear your room first that you're wanting to paint, sand down any woodwork that needs sanding down, fill any holes and gaps that need filling in, um, get your prep right, and then the painting, the actual decorating bit is probably a lot quicker than the preparation. Yeah. In my, my, my view. Um, and then ceiling first, work your way down, ceiling, cutting in, painting, and then your woodwork afterwards. And any tips for cleaning up afterwards? I would always recommend buying not the cheapest brush and roller in the world because then you can reuse them. Um, the paint will go on better with a decent brush and a decent roller. We're not going to lose loads of bristles with a good brush and you're not going to use all the bits of fluff from a cheap roller so I think if you can afford to buy invest in a sort of a decent brush and roller then that's a really good idea um, I've had the same brush brushes for about 10-12 years and, and remembering to wash them out really that's the key I think people get very lazy they think I'll buy a cheap brush and then I can chuck it afterwards which is all well and good but you're not you don't get the right level of paint on your brush in my opinion <laughs> yeah and it's wasteful as well I mean it's all about reuse isn't it so yes you know, it's important to, to to get some decent stuff it's it's i mean the key is cleaning up isn't a big deal if you do clear your room as Kat said it's all about prep then the cleaning up shouldn't be an issue and so about the storage of paintings if people weren't gonna drop them off to you guys how would they store them best um they do say it's best any oil based it's best to store upside down obviously making sure the lid's on properly first because then mm. the skin forms at the bottom and not the top um don't have them anywhere too cold because paint can freeze it's mostly water and once it's frozen and become lumpy, it, 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 it's porridge forever. You can't, you can't do anything about it. So we, like, we always ask people in the winter, we always put a big campaign out in winter asking people, you know, if they're emptying their sheds, bring it to the paint banks because if they leave it there all winter and wait for Easter, it could well have frozen and paint can also go off. The water separates and the water at the top smells like bad eggs. It's not nice. Don't store it if you don't need it. Bring it to its seagulls. Reuse it instead. If you've got like a lot of the tin left and you don't want to keep it all then put some in a jam jar or something so you've got a bit left for touching up and then donate the rest as Kate says. Have you guys got any interior design tips about which colours sort of work in which rooms maybe a room that doesn't get a lot of light what colours would you sort of suggest? Well if you had a small room that wasn't getting a lot of light I think you've either got to go dark or you've got to go really light there's no in between. Mm. That, that's just my opinion people will you know there's been a big movement hasn't there if everybody wants dark rooms I think people are starting to come out of that and I'm sure this lockdown situation will will change a lot of people's opinions on rooms they've been staring at for far too long but but I, if I had a very small room I would want it to be really dark or really light for me there's no in between but it is down to personal taste isn't it I also think as well for me it's about what sort of furnishings and curtains and sofa you've got and you know finding a color that works with it instead of a lot of people think oh well, I'm going to redo everything and I want my room brown so therefore I need a brown sofa or you know like there's quite a lot of waste it's sort of working with the materials and the different things you've already got in your house I think and finding a color that works with it as opposed to changing everything so personally I'd go for something pale and neutral and then bring the colour into the room with soft furnishings and plants and pictures and that kind of thing. Could you walk us through what they could expect to experience coming to your shop? 
So because of our shop, it's not like a traditional paint store where you've got neatly labelled tins of exactly the same paint on the shelves. It's very much for us about customer interaction. So when somebody is, comes into the shop, often they, they don't know what they want. They'll just go, oh, I just want paint. And you're like, okay, but what kind of paint? So there's usually quite a lot of, you know, we do sort of quite a lot of talking to people about what colours they think they might want in their room, what colour their curtains are, what colour their carpet is, and sort of try and help them, guide them through a colour, you know, to match what they've got already in their house, I suppose. Yeah, and, and also it's very much about that people come in and have an experience. It's quite, it's not like you go into a Dulux or a large paint store and, and it goes to a machine and the machine shakes it up. You know, our paint is all mixed by hand and by eye. So it's quite an experience. We call it the alchemy of paint mixing. You know, if you add a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of something else. And it's, it's not like your normal colour wheel that you learn in school. You know, it, it's, um, it's strange, the colours that go together in pigments to make a shade. And customers get really involved in that and they love watching their paint being mixed. And they, then suddenly they'll go, oh, a little bit more of this and a bit more of that. And sometimes they make their own bespoke blend. You, know, you can be far away from what they started with. So it's, it's quite a, you know, you're very involved in choosing your colour and having your colour made. Uh, we do have, so if times were different, we have um, a new project called Seagull's Lifehouse, which if you check it out on social media, it's got its own Instagram page, um, you'll see that we've got these sort of life-size rooms that we're using as sort of decorating workshoppy pod type things. So if, if times were different, we would be um, running like basic painting and decorating workshops and we run upcycling workshops yeah. and craft and it, workshops. And it's important to mention things. that Lifehouse was set up as a response to us being asked by um, the care teams and need to support care leavers uh, because they come and get their paint from us but they don't know how to put it on their walls and make the houses a home. So we crowdfunded for that in order to provide a free service for young people leaving care and adults leaving prison um, to learn, you know, a transferable skill and to be able to create a nice home for themselves. Um, and that's where it sort of comes from. And that, and obviously the way to make money for that and commercialise it a little bit so we can afford to do that is by providing painting and decorating workshops. Um, and in Lifehouse, we also have a studio where we make, um, we offer jewel, well, can't do those at the moment either, but jewelry making classes, silversmithing, coppersmith, screen printing, etc. So we also hope that will fund you know, the, the, the social side of what we do within there. So how did you come up with the name Seagulls? Well, that's one for you, Kat. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, it's very hard to think of a name, but basically I was on a train back to see my parents in Bristol and there's lots of seagulls in Bristol. But basically seagulls should be out at sea and on the tips. Um, and, you know, back in the day, they'd have been following the trawler ships, whereas nowadays they're inland, they're causing a pain. They're on the waste sites and just general nuisance. So we felt the name like fitted. Us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like seagulls, we both scavenge from the tip. <laughs> what was the first initial steps after opening seagulls? What happened? Well, there was many years of, um, well, a couple of years. Drinking of, of, wine. Of drinking wine. <laughs> um, it, it's it's firmly embedded on a, a nice, you know, basis of red wine. It's been built from red wine up and um, continues to be so. And, and we, we, uh, we had to raise some money, so we had to learn how to count, still not very good at that, and how to raise money and all of those things. So we got some small pockets of funding. We started talking to the council, um, see if they would, you know, be keen, allow us to collect. After a lot of to and froing, they agreed to let us collect from one waste site. 
which is when we were doing it in Cat's Car. And it's, it's really just grown from there. Um, you know, we started in a small, we moved to a small damp cellar in Kirkstall and naively thought we could just give all the paint away and that would all be fine. But obviously that was very foolish. Um, <laughs> we, we soon learned that couldn't be the way. And, and then we, the, back in those days, there was good funding for sort of environmental projects. And so we got a good amount of funding. We were able to move to the building we are in now. And that building has allowed us to expand and grow because the yard, as things have become empty and we've been able to source funding for new projects, then we've been able to sort of expand the business and, and help more people. Yeah, you've ex- expanded further than paint, haven't you? A lot of projects have come from ideas that volunteers have had. So, for example, Mosaic, um, which Kat should talk more on because she, she leads on that. Uh, we, we do large-scale projects across the city. I don't know, you may have seen the, the Rainbow, Rainbow Post in the market, Post. which is yeah. you know, quite presciently prevalent at the moment. So a volunteer came in and she was a very talented uh, local artist and she wanted to start doing Mosaic classes. And we just started to get more and more commissions. We go into schools. We, we go to old people's homes we go everywhere and, and you know do, do as much community art as we can and, and mosaic's great because everybody can do it and it, it's something that can really last so you know it, it, it's a nice project that people of all ages and experiences can get involved in so that very much yeah. came from a volunteer um initially yeah and then we've got the refill shop that came about because we've we'd always thought about you know, it'd be a good idea to be able to refill bottles of washing up liquid, if nothing else, as opposed to always buying another new bottle. So um, we made the leap a couple, about 18 months ago, and sort of gotten some initial support sponsorship to build the shop um, and do that. I suppose it's good to mention that we've been very lucky in the space that we found that we rent from our landlord. So it's some big old mills on Kirkstall Road they're very cold in winter they leak you know there's nothing pretty or particularly nice about them but they that has given us the opportunity to take on more space when a project has arisen and so we've been able to capitalize on space more than anything else so that's really helped us grow the business so when this space came available after the flooding to um in the yard we knew we needed more space to mix paint and with that came some more space that we were then able to follow on and do Seagull's Lifehouse. So it's really been about being able to expand with our ideas and with the space and income as it goes along really. Talk to us about some of your projects that you've done in the past and some of your top ones. I suppose what we've, I suppose what we've really liked doing is in our office and I suppose people do know us for it, is that we've got this little pop-up room. So several years ago, we, I mean, Kate and I have always enjoyed nice interiors. I mean, neither of us are designers or anything like that by any stretch, but I think it'd be fair to say that we both do have a good creative eye for what can fit with what. And we decided that as well as selling the paint, we wanted to try and introduce different ways that people could use colour um, and inspire people. So we've literally got but it's literally just what I don't know a six foot wall in our office with another three foot little bit coming out and we paint that every well we used to paint it every month or so it's not as much anymore because we don't have the time but it was just to give people an idea of the colors that were available and what we could do with them and that's grown to inviting local designers and you know artists to come and showcase their work and even that's one bit of the project that Kate and I have really loved doing over the years. And yeah, 
Yeah. We're not styling up a room and, 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 you know, if you think about it, people go to a, a large paint manufacturer like Dulux or Crown, their little brochures will all have examples, which is, and we know when there's a new Dulux brochure, right, for example, and they've done a chocolate brown wall because we'll be inundated with requests for chocolate brown because people want to replicate what they've seen. So our idea is that when we do our pop-up room, you know, we want to show a, a colour of the month, we'll style it, usually with stuff we've got from charity shops or from our own home, but just as well to show people what you really can do on a really low budget and how a lick of paint and a few bits and bobs that you can pick up in a charity shop can make a home look really, really nice and not cost yeah. a lot of money. Now we've got these rooms where, where you know, where, where we've, we've, we've done two courses now with care leavers where they've gone in and decorated a room, they've mixed up their own colours, they've learned how to style it with, you know, with charity shop fine. Um, and we've also got one that we keep there that, you know, influence or people who want to show their wares can hire and, and, you know, and now it's like a real room setting apart from just the corner of our office. So it's quite exciting. Well, it was exciting until this happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about your pain. You've got, from what I've seen on social media, um, one of your paint mixes has got quite a special story. <laughs> yeah. Good old Rooks Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's colour blind. <laughs> so you've got a colour Yeah. He didn't know he was colour blind when he no. came to us. No, we just started noticing different, the wrong colours on the on different shelves, and it was always consistently the same. So, what does he use? Um, pink goes on to green, I think, and he struggles with magnolias and stuff. So, so yeah, he didn't realise he was colour blind until we we all worked it out for him. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a really good way of tackling it now. So he talks a lot, and I think he'd talk a lot anyway. But what he's actually trying to do is really fathom what colour somebody is asking for so he asks lots of different questions around a green or whatever and so he can get the right color so people wouldn't know if they came into the shop but um, no. yeah, it's an interesting story <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah so how often do you get new stocks of paint so we collect paint on a, a weekly basis there's eight white there's eight council waste sites throughout leeds like kate says we've got containers on all of them and it's pretty steady flow of a collection per site per week. Now, in sort of from, from Easter onwards, it's our really, 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 really busy time. And from quite a few of the sites, we can be collecting two or three times a week. So yeah, with, with COVID, it's been a right blow because even if we did want to open, we wouldn't have the stock levels at the moment to be able to honour what people want because we haven't got the paint coming in through the waste sites because obviously they're all closed so yeah it's a pain yeah. but say we bring in 400 tons a year I think it's roughly that about sort of 250 tons is reusable and then there's 150 that has to be disposed of correctly but it's a lot of paint a lot of paint and what do you do with the um the paint that gets disposed of what's your sort of process for for getting rid of that it gets segregated. So if it's liquid and oil-based, it goes into a big container and gets taken away by a company who will turn it into um, thinners and, you know, the oil is worth money to them. Um, the water-based paint, be it solid or lumpy or smelly, is no good to anyone. So it literally sort of gets processed so that we can then put that on to another contractor who I'm not sure what they do with it actually they maybe either burn it or neutralize it with lime I think there's various different things that people do but it 
yeah, it costs us a lot of money to dispose of paint, which is why, as Kate said, we really encourage people that once they've finished decorating to donate their paint so it can get reused quicker um, and then it creates less waste. Yeah, it's definitely an amazing idea because um, everyone's always got paint lying around. Yeah, yeah. and, um, and paint, paint's expensive, you know. It, it, it's a, you know, I, it astounds us because obviously people love fire and balls. Somebody will come in with a full tin of fire and balls and that would have cost them £45 just for two litres. Now in Seafood yeah. you can get that for a tenner, but, but it's crazy what people spend and what they waste. It's a very, very expensive item. Yeah, and I suppose at this time of year, your big paint companies would really be pushing paint. And you know, you could buy seven and a half litres, you know, two for the price of one and all of that. So people then go and buy more. People always over buy what they need. So, you know, there's a precious resource sat in people's homes that could be mm. put to, to benefit really. Yeah, and, and one of the good things about us is that, you know, we don't encourage people to overbuy. So when they come to us, because some of our staff have been decorators and they, they know paint, you know, they can talk around, you know, can ask a few questions and they can they work out how much paint that person needs. So waste is minimised. You know, we've got a service that we can make and print T-shirts and all sorts with our, our printing. And if people do want to do want to use an organisation to think about using the independent before they go to the big boys, because we, we're going to need their support when we come out of this, all of us across the city, mm. you know, in a really big way. So think about where you're spending your pennies and where you'd like to put your money and where that money goes to. And the money that we make, I'm on a rant now, sorry, but the money that we make does genuinely go back into supporting our volunteers. We work with people who've been in prison. We work with people who've got learning disabilities, people who suffer from severe mental health problems. And, and it's a really vital, important piece of work that we do. And it's only by people spending money in our business that um, enables us to carry on doing that and providing that support. The Seagulls is more than just paint, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. Far more. Far our, our, we, our tag is planet, people, profit in that order. And, um, you know, our, our volunteer programme, We Grow People, is a vital and really, really important part of what we do. And it is the part of what we do that always needs some element of support and funding because, you know, we provide a lot of long-term and very, very important support to people who really need it. And that costs money. If people wanted to um, volunteer or maybe donate, where could they do that? We're in the process. We're just finalising a new website. And on that new website, there will, I should imagine, be a donate button and we will be having vouchers. So as in, if people can just keep an eye out for the new website and there will be opportunities for people to support what we do in the coming weeks. So, yeah. And yeah, That's and it. in terms of volunteering in a normal situation, somebody would call. They'd come for a look around, um, you know, we'd show them what we do and, you know, impress upon them that it's cold and mucky. And um, if they still want to come, then, then uh, we take it from there, really. We, we uh, because we, we obviously have had to furlough everybody, so we're not in operation right now. And, and we couldn't be even if we wanted to until the site's open. But it does mean that we're not supposed to work. We can't work. So we've got one member of staff who isn't furloughed who's doing all the necessaries, but... But in time, you know, if things relax a little, we'd certainly like to be able to offer a delivery service that's safe for everybody so people get their paint. And that would involve initially probably some, some people who might like to come and give their time and help us do that. But that's probably a month or so off yet. I mean, we don't know is the answer. Mm. Nobody does, do they? So then Kat and Kate, thank you very much for being on the podcast. 
Thank you for asking us. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? The best site to go to for Twitter, Facebook and Instagram is Seagulls Paint. We also have Seagulls Refills, Seagulls Mosaic, Seagulls Lifehouse. We're all over the place. <laughs> Type in Seagulls Paint into Google and you'll find us quite easily. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. So that's it for this week's episode. If you'd like to find out more about this week's guests, do check out the show notes below and follow their social media accounts. And whilst you're there, why not check out Seamus Design Online, the magazine, and download a free copy of the first edition. Another episode of Seamus Design Online, the podcast, will be with you very soon. But until then, keep safe and keep well.